happy Friday, and this is episode 32, Sellers Prepare. When is the best time to sell is one of the most commonly asked questions we get. So in this, we cater a little bit more to a traditional market. As things have started to adjust, as everyone knows, we're thinking that it may come into a seasonality, a more seasonally based market than it has been over the last few years. When I started in the business back in 2007, 2008, uh, the market was a lot more seasonal. So coming into kind of the tail end of summer, uh, beginning of fall market was kind of the, the peak months in the summer. And then the winter markets, Christmas and all that sort of stuff was kind of the, uh, the trough months. Uh, activity-wise, so it would ramp up to kind of summer and then taper off into winter. And that was kind of the traditional market trend by way of gauging activity. Uh, Double-edged sword in both of those in the summer. Uh, If you were a buyer, you had uh, the most competition. And uh, if you were a seller, you had the most competition. But the most buyers, of course, trying to get in. And if you are a buyer in the winter, you had a lot less competition, but a lot less inventory on the market uh, to choose from. So I think that it's a possibility that as things have tapered off, as it turned into kind of a much more consistent market since then, uh, as activity and pricing and and uh, velocity picked up, it kind of turned, kind of ground ground down those peaks and troughs and turned it into a much more kind of evenly paced market uh, where the consistency was kind of straight through the year. Uh, It's a possibility now that we're going to kind of, as we tone down a little activity wise, that we're going to date back to a more seasonal market. So with that being said, I just wanted to touch base on the six things that sellers should be looking at. If you're wanting to get into the market, I've heard a lot of people, other agents, as well as, uh, as well as sellers saying, I think we're going to wait till September, see what happens. Uh, we've kind of had that lull now and see if uh, things actually pick up in September, if activity picks up. So with that in mind, which of course, I don't know if that's going to happen. It's definitely a possibility. I, I'm hearing it a lot. So we'll see if that's actually the case. But with that in mind, I've got the six steps for sellers. Uh, if you plan on focusing on September to uh, bring your property to market. Now, number one is fix all the small DIY projects. These are the little things that you've been putting off forever or you just don't know how to do. That leaky faucet or that cracked faceplate on your plugs on the wall, uh, light bulbs, all this little stuff. Painting, all the detail stuff, the kind of little nitty gritty stuff that eats away at you when you see it, but you can't be bothered to do it or you don't know how to do it again. Uh, get that stuff fixed. Uh, it's not going to take as much time as you think it will to do it yourself. And if you simply don't have time or don't understand how to do it, hire someone. Those are the main things that are going to be the nitpicky items that buyers, when they come in and they don't have pressure in this market and they do their subject to inspection that they're going to be focusing on. And then that's just a conversation you're going to inevitably have at the other end when the buyer's looking to overcharge you for fixing them themselves, or we want these things fixed and taken care of, or we're not going to remove the subject to inspection clause, which we're starting to see a lot more picky buyers now that they can be. Uh, So for sellers, 
do the DIY projects, hire someone in to do the little things and get all the little details of the home taken care of before you go to market. Number two, should you be considering staging your home? We've talked a lot about this. This is a variety. There's a variety of answers to this and it really depends on the severity of uh, A, what your home looks like and B, a lot of the times the conversations you're having with your listing agents and what they believe the home needs to show like in order to get you top dollar, especially if the market's toned down a little bit. Again, you want every single detail covered before going to market. So you go with the biggest uh, front end push possible to uh, get the momentum rolling from day one and, uh, and get buyer's attention. So this could turn into a full stage. This could turn into a light fluffing of the home. This could turn into a decluttering of the home. Uh, there's a variety there and this is something that I think you need to consult with your agent about first before making that decision because it can get expensive. Number three, how you can declutter your home. This nine times out of 10 is the best answer. I find from experience, do some places need staging? Definitely. Should you stage a vacant home? Uh, yes, it will make it present substantially better. Uh, but how can you declutter your home? This is a huge one because I find that most homes do need it. And, uh, most homes, this is all they actually need. So decluttering, for those who don't know, is kind of exactly what it sounds like. Uh, decluttering up the room. So if you've got overpopulating furniture in your, uh, in your living room, for example, or big messy focal point bookshelf, or the top of the mantle of the fireplace is just covered in everything, and every inch of the walls are covered... Uh, much more so when we're talking about the floor by way of furniture and, and little detail pieces, side tables and, and armoires and footstools and everything. Uh, but decluttering the space will really open it up. So when you take more things off of the floor, you open up more space and then it perceives the room as larger. So this in most cases is kind of the most beneficial step in the staging realm, I find. Uh, you don't need to hide the fact that you live there. It doesn't need to look like the perfect show home that you walked into with that pre-sale. Uh, it just needs to be decluttered so people can really understand the space and have a relative, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A relative feel for what size furniture is in the room and if it's too big for the room or too small or how their furniture is going to fit in the room. Uh, from there, the marketing of your home. And I find this quickly leads into the next one, number five, uh, of who's going to be your realtor. But number four, the marketing of your home. Uh, everyone has an idea of how a home should be marketed. Uh, and I think a lot of people pick their agent based on the exposure packages that they have and the marketing plans that that specific agent has. So that's probably how you're going to find your agent. If you've got a, a condo, for example, in a building that constantly gets flyered by a specific agent or uh, you see the elevator ads by a specific agent and you kind of have constant exposure and see the activity of that agent in the neighborhood and in your building specifically, that's probably someone that you're going to or at least should interview. Uh, so by way of the marketing that you're seeing, if you believe in that, for example, if you're someone that believes that the, the property is only going to sell if someone sees it in the newspaper, then you should probably go to the Vancouver Sun and see who's advertising there and who additionally believes that. And, uh, and interview an agent that's, that's doing what you believe. But I suggest uh, searching outside the box of, of what, you're, what you're talking to and interviewing more than one agent, or sorry, outside the box of what you're used to. Uh, moving right on from that, 
who's going to be your realtor. Most people know an agent already or one that they've worked with in the past that you trust, that you've had a good experience with. That's great. I always suggest interviewing at least three, be it the one that you've got experience with in the past and two more. Uh, The reason for this is I think just the more people we, the more we know, the better off we'll be. So if you've got two more agents coming in, for example, your trusted agent and then the two top agents that you find focusing on your building or in your neighborhood or in your product type, be it if you're in a loft or a townhome or in a specific Yale town, for example, your whatever focal point you think is important, find the agents that are focusing on that and interview those guys or girls as well. And at worst, well, at best you get you, your eyes open to another agent that you believe could be more beneficial to you in a transaction. So you go with that person. At worst, you stay with, it's not a bad thing, of course, but you stay with your original trusted agent, but maybe you've picked up a few pieces and, and uh, little nuggets of, uh, of information via kind of new marketing vehicles that you didn't know of or exposure plan, part of the, the other agent's kind of exposure plans that you didn't know of or didn't know of in that detail that you can bring to your original agent to try and enhance the, uh, the progress that you can get there. Um, and all agents, you're not hurting any feelings. All agents assume they're always going to be competing against other agents. So it's, uh, it's good for us for you to get out there and keep us on the ball. <laughs> Um, finally, the next step, buying your new home or investment property. Obviously the final step to get to once your property is sold, what are you doing? Are you buying up? Are you buying down? Uh, are you buying down and then an investment property as well? Diversifying in that regard, uh, by doing this again, always keep in mind that if you have a seller's agent, they may very well not be your best buyer's agent. So dealing back with the last thing, who's who's your agent going to be? Um, if you sold a property in Marple, but you want to go buy in Yaletown, maybe that Marple specialist isn't the best person to represent you on a purchase in Yaletown. Maybe they only deal with houses like you had in Marple and they don't know anything about condos or lofts that you're looking for in Yaletown. So again, for the buying side, always feel free to interview more agents and get an idea of what they're looking for. If they focus there, they can give you insights into those buildings down there that other agents can't based on their exposure in those and having read the strata details in the past already. And maybe if you're lucky, they even know of some off-market product that uh, they can get you into that no one else can. I'm going to cut it there, trying to keep these under 10 minutes, as you know. Any questions on this topic, uh, being prepared as a seller, uh, contact us direct 604-771-4606, jay at mckinnismarketing.com. Uh, we'd love to speak to you. We'd love uh, to sit down with you and uh, have a conversation about your property's value. And I look forward to speaking to you next time. Bye-bye.